I'm Jake. And I'm Benny. And welcome back to Jake and Benny's Backyard Football. We hope you guys had an amazing Thanksgiving. We have so much news to catch up with you guys from last week and this week. So let's get right into it. Starting off with our usual game of the week, I have the Browns and the Jaguars. The Browns, although they were at the time 7-3 and three and the Jaguars were 1-9, and nine, it was still a really close and a real phenomenal game to watch if you're a real football fan. Yeah. The Browns ended up winning against the Jags 27-25. to 25 en route to a record of eight and three second in their division i think the browns are going to make a name for themselves now in terms of like playing in the playoffs uh i'm still a little rocky on that but i think they'll still be i think they'll still make some noise in the wild card round yeah i think they're either a first round exit or maybe they'll win their wild card game but yeah that was definitely a great close game there wasn't many close games this week there wasn't really um it was it was a lot of blowouts to be honest yeah um it's kind of an up and down week for football and there was also some good things about the Jags as well. Um, there is one player in particular on defense. I'll go more into him later. But they did well. As, they did good as well, even though their record is one in ten. I think next season they'll be even better than what is shown right now. Yeah, they just have really. They just have a lot of trouble at quarterback. Like uh, three quarterbacks in one season. Keep in mind, there's no injuries yet. They've had Gardner Minshew. Mike Lennon. And Jake Lutton as well. So they've had three different quarterbacks, no injuries, just a really bad quarterback room. So honestly, I want to ask you something first. Uh, We didn't talk about this when it happened then, but did you support the benching of Gardner Minshew? Do you think think the quarterback issue is really an issue or do you think it's more of a thing they did on purpose to get a better draft pick? I could see that. Um, I like Minshew. I just don't think he's the answer for Jacksonville. I think maybe if he's on the Bears, that would be a good thing because, uh, yeah, you guys know they don't have good quarterbacks. They never have had a really good quarterback. And overall, um, he's on a bad quarterback, but I just don't think he's the right fit over there. He had made a lot of noise last year with Minshew Mania and everything, but this year was just really rough for him. And I'm not saying he didn't deserve to get benched because he didn't, he won one game out of the six I think he played. Yeah. Not a great, yeah, not a great performance. And overall, I don't know. The Jaguars, they've just kind of just been a lackluster franchise. They had that one good season a few years ago. And then right after that, they just shipped everyone out. Yeah, it was very weird. But uh, going on from that, my game of the week, another close game, uh, really close game, actually. Panthers and Vikings. That final score is 20-27. to The Vikings won. Kirk Cousins led his second game-winning drive of the season. And overall, just a really, it was a pretty good game. Yeah, as I said, really close one-point game. Came down to the wire with Kirk Cousins. I think it was a game-winning field goal. Great performance of both teams. There is a player I want to talk about specifically a little bit later. He's my defensive player of the week. But Kirk Cousins showed that, I don't know, he gets a lot of hate. People say he's not a clutch quarterback, but he showed right there that he can do it sometimes. Teddy Bridgewater, was he playing this weekend? He did. Yeah, he did. Okay, yeah. Teddy Bridgewater, uh, he had a decent performance. Robbie Anderson got his first touchdown in 10 weeks, I think. And overall, just a really interesting game. There's a lot of interesting stuff in it. Dalvin Cook, I believe, did go out of the game for some point because he was injured. Uh, But yeah, just overall, as I said a few times, great game. Now, I understand this is a what-if scenario, and what-ifs aren't really, you know, too big to talk about. But I want to also bring up, do you think if the Panthers had CMC in the game, do you think the result would have been different? Oh uh, yeah, I do. And and I'm sorry, but if and if they do win, does that take away from Kirk Cousins? Um, that's kind of hard to answer. So, mm-hmm. 
I think that it would definitely would have been a different game. Christian McCaffrey, yeah, he's an impact player. He's yeah, he's just one of those players that if he's in, he changes the complete game. Like all of a sudden, you're the, the defense is gonna be focused more on him than it's like Robbie Anderson for say. Like there's just so much pressure that comes with that guy. He's phenomenal running back. He can catch. He can run. He can do it all. And overall, uh, I don't think it takes away from Kirk Cousins' win because not a lot of quarterbacks can lead a game-winning drive like that. And Kirk Cousins, yeah, he proved that he could do that. He was. Crazy. I think I was kind of. I was the reason. I was part of this. I think he kind of overhated. At the beginning of the season, I'm pretty sure on the podcast I mentioned that I think that the Vikings should replace Kirk Cousins, and he wasn't good. But the Vikings are five and six right now. Mm-hmm. And especially didn't they open up like one and they, five? Yeah, they opened up one and five, so they've lost one game since that, and they've won. Yeah, they won four more. They're looking really good. They can make the wild card spot. Now the NFC, NFC playoff picture is kind of a mess right now. It's very tight. We could have four NFC West teams going. Um, yeah, overall, just a very tight thing. So I would like to see the Vikings make it in. I like Kirk Cousins now. I don't really like him, but I kind of have more faith in him. Uh, Dalvin Cook is good as ever. And overall, I really think that this team is really starting to come back. And like earlier, uh, you said something about Christian McCaffrey a little bit ago. And something else is the Vikings didn't have Adam Thielen. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have their other good receiver. I mean, they had Justin Jefferson. He's as good at like best rookie wide receiver in the league. That's still a rookie playing number one receiver. So there's still pressure on that. So yeah, Adam Thielen still could have been an excellent game changer. Yeah, it's like just a lot of just, what if scenarios are very hard to answer they're hard to answer like that but overall yeah that's my game of the week mm-hmm. so to go into player of the week we both we have different players this week we wanted to keep it a little bit different so do you want to go into your offensive player of the week or do you want me to start mine i'll go ahead and go into mine tyree kill for the chiefs <sighs> so his first uh in the first quarter he racked up seven catches for 209 yards and two touchdowns in one quarter keep, in keep one in quarter the first quarter now uh i instantly message some of my friends i was talking about i was like yo tyree kill could break an nfl record like mm-hmm. today um he uh he didn't unfortunately uh i kind of wish i don't know i feel like if you open up with 209 yards i don't know i feel like you should but then again the chiefs are a real dynamic team they have so many key players on that Definitely. offense so it still didn't take away that he finished with 263 yards and three touchdowns uh he went off the he went off this game and one thing i do like to point out is on twitter he went and he said and they still don't call me a number one receiver now what is this what is this paint for you do you think tyree kill is a number one receiver because a lot of people did doubt him because of his height well i'm gonna be honest i do not think he's number one receiver he's phenomenal do not get me wrong he's fast he can make these catches he's a great player i think he's definitely top 10 maybe top five but maybe five uh but i do not think that he's number one that still goes to Hopkins for me. Hopkins or Adams, both of them are phenomenal. Tyreek Hill is an amazing player. Do not get me wrong. But I just think that Hopkins and Adams make, like, they have such an effect on their team where you look over in Kansas City. I'm not trying to discredit him. Do not get me wrong. As I said, amazing player. But he also has Kelsey there. Kelsey's the third uh, highest in receiving yards, which is insane for a tight end. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, I don't know. Not to mention Tyreek Kill is number two. Tyreek Kill is number two, but it just shows that Patrick Mahomes has weapons. But yeah, still an, a phenomenal player, but just not number one yet. I think if he keeps like, he's not. He's kind of inconsistent, honestly. He usually does have pretty decent games, but he doesn't really go like. I feel like he goes off maybe once or twice a season. I don't really see a lot from him. I don't feel like. I feel you. I just yeah. I don't know. 
Great receiver though, but not top, not the best though. So I want to go into my player of the week, and it was very hard to kind of argue with a Tyree with Tyree Kill because yeah, he's amazing week. Yeah, I think he had 57 points in fantasy this week. Yeah, close. But I'm gonna have to go with Derrick Henry. Now you guys know that I love Derrick Henry. I'm a huge Derrick Henry fan, but his numbers really back me up on this. He had 178 rushing yards and three touchdowns, and three of those touchdowns were in the first half. Now. I do believe that Derrick Henry is the identity of the Titans. Uh, don't get me wrong. Tannehill's a good quarterback. He's solid. I think that he's definitely top five quarterbacks in the AFC right now. But it's just the way that Derrick Henry is leading the offense. He he is the offense. I mean, is. you throw in a decent running back, and all of a sudden that just kind of shuts it down because when you're playing the Titans, you think they're going to run. You, you think that with a guy like Derrick Henry, they're going to run almost all the time. So you're ready for a run defense. You prepare for a run, you prepare to run to, to defend the running game. But no, then you have, uh, you can pass to AJ Brown. Like he has options too. Like Tannehill, he has options. Thank, like thanks to Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry distracts him from doing more of a passing defense. If that makes sense. Yeah. And having a great running back like Derrick Henry helps the Titans in the sense that uh, whoever they're scheming against, like in terms of who they're going against for the week, if mm-hmm. they're scheming against their defense, if they're good in the run, they could totally psych them out yeah. and just throw all over them. Because just the thought of going against Derrick Henry alone has teams scared. It does. And like like you said, although you can mentally prepare for Derrick Henry, you can never properly physically prepare for him. He's oh, a monster. Yeah. And uh, something else I want to talk about is a few weeks ago, they got kind of blown out by the Colts and they played the Colts this game. And you look at the difference in just the whole entire game and Derrick Henry, he ran all, like the Colts I think are their best defense in the league. Either them or the Dolphins, I believe, are the best defense right now. I think I think it's uh, close, but I think the Colts have it. Yeah, but Derrick Henry just embarrassed them. Now, there was some talk about this earlier and I wanted to kind of bring it up. Derrick Henry is actually really high up in the MVP race. I think he's like number two right now. Which is just, yeah, I mean, seeing her, I think he deserves it too. Like, don't get me wrong, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to win it. He does deserve it as well. But I think Derrick Henry, he is, as I said, the identity of the Titans offense. He is the reason why the Titans are so good on offense right now. It's been a minute since a running back has had this kind of impact on their team. So yep. it would totally make sense if he did win the MVP vote. Well, I I think you're right. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to solidify it. But yep. Derrick Henry definitely I think he deserves it a little more because when was the last time a a running back won MVP I think early earlier in this decade yeah just overall Derrick Henry as I said many times he's a beast I still think he's the best running back in the league he just yeah he's the difference he makes a difference in a game I think he has over three 90 yard plus rushing touchdowns and he just embarrasses defenses week to week now going off of that I'll go ahead and get my defensive player of the week out of the way um we said earlier there was a lot of blowouts, so it's kind of it was kind of tough to hunt for defensive players to look out for, except for one. But I want to go ahead and talk about mine, and that was Joe Schobert for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he had eight tackles and one forced fumble. And sure, those are like uh, like a decent number; those are decent numbers. But the thing is, uh, Joe Schobert he spent most of his career on the Browns while they were struggling, and I don't know. I feel like this is a feel-good game for him. The fact that he was able to make his presence known going against his former team. Oh, yeah, for sure. I totally agree with that. He was a reason why the Jags were in it. 
yeah, like without him in that game, I feel like uh, Baker Mayfield kind of could have just passed all over them. But no, he really made a difference that game. So to go into mine, uh, Carolina Panthers, they had one player stand out, Jeremy Chin. Now he's a rookie. I think that he honestly might be leading the rookie, the defensive rookie of the year now because of what happened on Sunday. So he had uh, seven tackles. But that's not the thing. He had two forced fumbles on back-to-back plays, which ended up being touchdowns. He is the first player to have two fumble return touchdowns back-to-back since 1948, which is, that's that's crazy. And over, yeah, just having those back-to-back on consecutive snaps is insane. He's the reason why, you could honestly say he's the reason why the Panthers won that game in the long run. Uh, he really stood up. Yeah, he really showed up when they needed it. Yeah, and it's hard to get... Um... Uh, it's kind of hard to get a safety like that nowadays. Oh, um, definitely. Safeties are more groomed for uh, the pass game and zone coverage. You don't really get many hard-hitting safeties now. Um, we've kind of got one in Jamal Adams. He's mm-hmm. been struggling a little bit this season. But seeing Jeremy Chin make that kind of run support type uh, type number with two forced fumbles and especially them going back for touchdowns, I think he's going to be a ruthless safety coming along this week we've got a lot of news to unpack and i mean a lot mm-hmm. so let's start out with one that we saw coming honestly yeah. yeah this is one that we saw coming one that we talked about earlier we'll bring it up again later but matt patricia he's finally been shipped out of detroit he got fired as well as gm bob quinn i don't know i feel like this should have been done earlier and I think Deshaun Watson throwing all over that defense and the Texans putting up 41 points on the Lions during Thanksgiving. I think that was the final straw. So something I saw on, uh, I think Bleacher Report uh, posted about it on Instagram. Uh, Lions players are actually thanking Deshaun Watson and they're donating to his charity. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's that's hilarious. I'm not sure. I know they're donating a specific amount. $13 regard- for Matt Patricia's 13 wins as a... Yep, they're donating $13. Lions fans are doing that in order to thank Watson for destroying the uh, Lions that day. I think that's hilarious. That's hilarious how the fans react to mm-hmm. a lot of the things that go on in the NFL. And, I mean, kind of feel bad a little bit for Matt Patricia. But the thing is... I think he just tried a little too hard to be Bill Belichick. And yeah. the only person who can do that is Bill Belichick. Exactly. So moving on from that, Will Fuller, as well as Bradley Roby, violated the PFA and were suspended for six games for PEDs. I know this hurt your fantasy team. <laughs> this hurt my fantasy team. Um, Will Fuller finally had like a breakout game and I was ecstatic. And my close friends know that my fantasy team has been riddled with injuries as well yeah. as just bad luck in general and this is just another knack on it and it kind of upsets me will Fuller's a great player uh i'm kind of ashamed that he felt the need to go out of his way to do this uh, as well as bradley roby so fuller he claims i saw on his instagram post that earlier in the year it was a doctor that gave him the medicine and they didn't know that it was not acceptable in the nfl i'm not really 100% buying that story. I'm not saying that he's lying or anything. I'm not trying to incriminate him of anything, but I'm just saying like you can still call out some suspicion. Yeah, I feel like if you're an like if you're an NFL player, you have to be careful what you're putting in your body because anything can ru- like this totally just ruined a season, maybe even ruined a contract extension. Mm-hmm. It, you just got to be real cognitive about things going on. You just you can't really be too loose on things. Exactly. Miles Garrett for the Browns is finally off the COVID list, and 
the Browns were able to win without him. So having him back is going to be great for that team. Allen Robinson is projected to be a free agent. We all know how his career with Chicago has gone. Yep. Going through so many quarterbacks and just not really getting the right reads. Like he's a phenomenal receiver. And oh yeah. I support his free agency um, hustle and wherever he goes, I know he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. See, I really like this because this goes to what we've said a few weeks ago. Like, you could you blame you could blame the players as much as the coaches for ruining their careers because sure I mean loyalty is a thing in the NFL people want to stay with the team they were drafted by, but at the same time it's like there's a point when you have to take control of your own career you have to leave because he's probably never going to win a Super Bowl and I know that's like every NFL player's like dream is to just win a Super Bowl and as long as he's on this team he's not going to get one. The Bears are just way too inconsistent. They do phenomenal one year, then the next year they won't, or just the whole season is inconsistent. They were Super Bowl favorites a few years ago, but mm-hmm. then they lost in the first round because of the kick. They opened up, wasn't it like 5-1 and one this year? Oh, yeah, they and went 5-0, and, and, yeah. and they lost 5 in a row. Yeah, and then one we like to talk about a little more is the Ravens and the Steelers. Uh, that game was moved for the third time. It's now going to be Wednesday at 1.40 p.m. for Mountain Standard Time. Uh, this is a mess. This game is just from Thanksgiving, then it was moved to Sunday, then it was moved to Tuesday, now Wednesday. I don't know if it should even happen. I know. The NFL is talking about extending a week for makeup games, and that sounds like a reasonable idea for now, but I don't know. I've never seen a Wednesday game before in my life. Um, Especially at 140. Like. At 140. Yeah, that's so awkward. So I don't really support the NFL doing this. Um, they might as well have just prolonged the game, if anything. And keep in mind, like, I don't know if they can do the extra week because some teams, one in particular, has been screwed over because they're not, like, because they're forced to play this game. Now, the Denver Broncos, I want to talk about them really quick. They've had bad luck with COVID. Like, earlier in the season, they played the Patriots. Patriots got COVID. They had to take away the Broncos' bye week. And... As you guys know, last weekend, uh, the Broncos didn't have a quarterback. There was no quarterback that was eligible to play because of COVID. They had to promote a practice squad wide receiver. Which, Kendall Hinton, he did not do an amazing job, but you really can just suspect him. I know. He, he, it's le- he knew he was going to play quarterback less than 24 hours before the game. He had like a two-hour walkthrough with the team. Uh, zero practice reps. Zero practice reps. He hasn't played quarterback in three years. And... I don't know. It's a bad situation. It was kind of known that he wasn't going to do good, but Mm. still shout out to him because that's, that's a big thing to do. And yeah, you deserve a lot of respect for doing something. And he probably knew like going into that game, like once when he was going to leave, he probably knew he was not going to do good. He probably knew that he was going to have a lot of haters and that honestly could affect a lot of people really bad. Like Denver fans are ruthless. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's been some instances when they have been like that. So overall, just props to him. It wasn't a great game, but going back to the whole entire COVID thing, it's kind of like, I I could see why they weren't, I, I see why the game wasn't canceled because it was the quarterback's fault. Uh, Drew Locke did take blame for some of it. and It was less than 24 hours before the game. It's like there was some stuff that went into play, but I don't know. I feel like if they were to add the extra week, they should have already done it because teams have already been screwed over because of covid mm-hmm. and if anything the broncos game should have been um moved to wednesday as well if oh yeah i mean they should have gotten the same treatment as well exactly because having no quarterbacks you're gonna lose that game i don't care yeah i don't care what team you are you're not winning that game and then 
the reason the Ravens and the Steelers game has been pushed back so much is we've all heard Lamar Jackson testing positive for COVID and Mark Andrews, their tight end, their starting tight yep. end also tested positive for COVID-19. So yeah, um, the way the NFL started handling the pandemic was nice, but it's getting a little rocky now with cases starting to rise back up. And yep. I don't know, I think they're handling it a little more poorly now this late in the season. Did you know there's only one team that does not have COVID like the whole season? That's really tough. Which team is it? Uh, the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> uh, yep. about that. Yep, they're the only team so far in the season that has not gotten a single COVID test. Uh, hopefully. Knock on wood. Yeah. Hopefully it keeps going on like that. But overall, uh, yeah, the NFL, they need to come up with a better plan because I know people are not happy with what's going on right now. Yeah, while on the topic of code-related news as well, the 49ers were forced to play their home games in Arizona. That's weird, especially considering their division rivals. Uh, yeah, I don't know. See, as, as the 49ers, not only are you riddled with injuries and riddled with COVID-19, um, now you got kicked out of your house. Like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. You got kicked out of your house, and you're playing in a hostile environment. So, the rest of the season, if they have to play the rest of their games in Arizona, the rest of the season is pretty much going to be just constant away games for them. It's a real tough situation for them. Yeah. Speaking of tough situations, the Jaguars GM also got fired. Um, that's one we haven't really discussed. We haven't discussed uh, the Jaguars coaching situation. We haven't really gave them a like. They we, we got I don't know. Off. Yeah, we yeah we definitely don't really give them much attention. But I think the firing of the GM, I think they could have given him another season because mm-hmm. it kind of looks obvious that they're tanking. But understandable if if your staff isn't providing, then you might as well get the boot. Same thing happened to Matt Patricia and his guy. Yep. And then one last minor bit of news. Uh, Broncos left tackle Garrett Bowles signs a four-year, $68 million contract. What do you think about this, personally? Um, He is the highest-ranked tackle in the league, so he's doing something right. But I know that he does have some a penalty problem, or he used to have one, not as bad this season. I'm really too familiar with the guy. Overall, I, yeah, I'm not sure. That's fair. Now, he was a part of the 2017 draft class which featured three offensive linemen that were ranked above Garrett Bowles. And the Broncos decided to take him as the first offensive lineman in the draft. And Mm -hmm. at first, you know, I was a little skeptical watching it at the draft. Uh, I didn't feel like it was the best move. And then his first two seasons, he led the NFL with holding penalties. Yep. And I wasn't really too big of a fan of that. Now, he has scaled back his penalties this year. I think he only has about five or four. Mm-hmm. Um, so, he's like you said, he's obviously doing something right. Um, I haven't really been too big of a fan of it. I think Denver should have put him on a franchise tag, if anything, and given him one more year to prove that Yeah, he's worth $68 million. I think it's just a little too early to pay him that much. But I don't know. Hopefully... Hopefully, I can go back on my word. Hopefully, he works out for the Broncos. But that's all I really have to say about that. So, going into injuries, I want to kick it off with the Niners. They've had such bad luck. And so, D. Ford, Weston Richburg, and Ronald Blair are not expected to play for the rest of the season. Jamar Taylor as well. He tore his ACL. He's been a pretty good cornerback for the Niners. Like, he's really stepped up to it without Richard Sherman. Now, Richard Sherman is back. But with Taylor out, that hurts because he's been... He's had a lot of like, he's caused so much uh, 
deflections and like he's been a real playmaker yeah he's been doing pretty good so that just sucks for the Niners uh so you finally get your starting corner back but the other one yeah the corner that was filling in he's gone too that just really kind of as a whole just shows the Niners season like every time someone comes back someone leaves it just it's rough uh Kyler Fackrell he's on IR the Giants placed him on that uh, the other day Ronnie Harrison is hurt now, Joe Burrow got really hurt last week. We didn't really talk about this because we were on break. Uh, but Joe Burrow, he tore his ACL. He tore his MCL, and there is structure displacement in his knee. Yep, he got really hurt. And this just really sucks to see because Joe Burrow, he was he was doing good with what he's like with. With what the, situ- with the situation <laughs> he was put into. Yeah, like the Bengals, they're not a great team. The O-line struggles week and week. It just, this really kind of showed that i mean i don't i don't really know what else to say about it i feel bad for the guy he got thrown in a really bad situation he made the best out of it and he he got hurt really bad like this is these type of injuries end players careers now joe burrow's a young guy just got out of college i think he's gonna recover from it hopefully he makes comeback player of the year next year yeah overall just prayers to him hopefully he heals fast uh greg olsen is also hurt i'm not sure what it is but he's projected to miss the season as well i think it's a fiscal tear Daniel Jones is hurt as well. He tore his hamstring, which I don't know. I feel bad for the Giants. The moment they start doing good, that happens. And honestly, the NFC East might be the most competitive division right now. I feel like every team is just a what like one game away from leading the division. Yeah, it's competitive, but it's not really an important terrible. division. It's not. Yeah, it's definitely not something to keep a too big of an eye on. Um, I saw it was funny. Uh, the Washington football team's Twitter account. Oh yeah, they uh, they posted a screenshot of the standings and how they're leading, and they said stop the count. And I just think that's funny. The that division's I don't know. We kind of rail on them week in and week out. But yeah. I don't know. Hopefully, Danny Dimes can come back and start uh, playing good football again because he has tur- kind of turned it around. Uh, but yeah, overall, just really rough for him. The whole division with Carson Wentz getting not really killed last night, but certainly didn't shine. The football team not having a good quarterback, and you guys know about the Cowboys, just injuries upon injuries, and whole division is just kind of a mess right now. So so for this week's Weird Stats segment, I'm going to go with the one from last week just because it was so insane, I have to go over it. Baker Mayfield recently broke Big Ben's record for the most wins in a Browns stadium. A quarterback that has never played for the Browns held that record. Um, I didn't look into the exact numbers before this. I should have definitely. But that's just insane because the Browns have been around for a pretty good amount of time. And just showing that they have not had like as a good quarterback like ever, honestly. If you have an opposing team, if their quarterback has the most wins in your stadium, that's just embarrassing. Uh, yeah, not much more I could say on that. Baker Mayfield, maybe he is the answer for them. I'm not entirely sure. We know they have had a lot of quarterback issues recently. A lot of picks have just kind of been bad, especially Johnny Manziel. And overall, hopefully Baker Mayfield is turning it around. But Big Ben really, I don't know. That That's just, that's crazy to me. Running off what you said about Johnny Manziel, something that I feel like nobody really talks about is in 2017, when the Browns actually drafted Deshaun Kaiser. Now, sure, Johnny Manziel was a bust, but I feel like nobody talks about how in 10 games, Deshaun Kaiser threw 22 interceptions to his 11 touchdowns. 
So clearly the Browns haven't really been able to bag a good quarterback, but I honestly, in my opinion, the worst one they picked up probably is Deshaun Kaiser. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I just kind of forgot his name right before that, but yeah, uh, horrible quarterbacks situation for a long time now. Uh, Baker Mayfield, not amazing, but he is kind of growing as a player. Uh, he has, he knows that he needs to improve. That's the thing about him. He knows where his mistakes are. He was talking about uh, missed passes the other day in a post-game interview and how he needs to fix that. And overall, he knows he needs to improve. He knows that like his job is kind of on the line. Yeah, I think he just has, I think he's just struggling with a little bit of maturity issues, if anything. Yeah. I think I think he's developing just at a bit of a slower rate, but uh-huh. we'll see if he is the answer or not. But for now, he is the clear starter. Definitely. I'm going to jump right into my hot take. Go for it. I think that the Giants are going to win the NFC East. And sure, they're missing uh, Danny Dimes with a hamstring injury. But have you seen what Wayne Gallman's been doing on the ground? I think even in fantasy, I think he's definitely a number two uh, running back. Yeah, he's been doing really good. Um, I do think that they're. it's going to be close at the end of the season because they're going to lose another game. I know they're going to lose a few more games. I haven't really looked at everyone's schedule, but it's going to be tight. But I do think that they are honestly the best team in the NFC East, which isn't something to be proud of. Um, either them or the football team, honestly. That's that's what I'm going with. And the best thing is, is that we might see an NFL record broken at the end of this season. Cause oh, yeah. The worst team to ever make the playoffs was uh, somewhere in the early 2000s. It was the Seattle Seahawks. They made it into the playoffs with a seven and nine record and they that was uh 2010 i think and yeah, they, yeah. that was when beastquake happened yeah they beat the saints in the wild card round so maybe they will surprise uh whoever they play against in the playoffs but yeah who knows it's just a weak division uh what's your hot take so going with the playoff theme i'm gonna go with the vikings are gonna sneak into the playoffs now earlier i discussed them i said that the uh kirk cousins is kind of looking better Dalvin Cook is back and overall they look a lot stronger as a team and I'm gonna have to say that I think they're gonna make it by the Bucks or the Cardinals are not gonna make it uh the Bucks have a pretty easy schedule they do face the Vikings so the Vikings can beat the Bucks and I think that the Vikings are gonna get over the Bucks but the Cardinals have a they have a somewhat easy but they have a few difficult games in that in that mix as well so overall I could see the Vikings sneaking in. It's going to be very tight. Uh, they opened up very poorly. If they would have won maybe one or two of those games earlier in the season, they would definitely be in the uh, in the hunt. Right? Or no, they would have a wild card spot as of now. But that obviously didn't happen. So I think that Kirk Cousins is going to lead them to a wild card round spot. Now they're going to be first round exits probably. But I do see them making the playoffs. Yeah, and something that we brought up earlier was the fact that they opened up uh, one and five, mm-hmm. and now they're. Five and six. Yep, they've only lost one game, yeah. They've been looking a lot better. Kirk Cousins has been making a lot better plays. Dalvin Cook is going off, uh, second best running back in the league. They've got such talent on the offense and defense. And yeah, they they on yeah, they have a lot of people. All they need to do is really just step up. Yeah, uh Kirk Cousins, he's got on a lot of bad like I've gone off on him a little bit. I know I think you have as well. The whole NFL has. Nobody really likes Kirk Cousins. Uh, but he's really kind of he looks different and if something happens this will make for a great underdog story oh definitely yeah I don't see them winning the Super Bowl or anything but maybe a first round upset who knows Um, to go into our bonus segment we wanted to talk about coaches now 
a few weeks ago we discussed on or actually i think it was close to the beginning of our podcast first couple episodes yeah we discussed uh which coach is in the hot seat and these coaches were matt patricia which he's been fired dan quinn he's been fired and uh, bill o'brien and he's been fired as well now there's one guy left out of there yeah, he's our favorite, uh, Adam Gase. Adam Gase. Now, Adam Gase, uh, not much more I could really say about him. We've dra- we drag him every single week constantly. Uh, they, When they start looking good, they immediately just do the opposite. Uh, this is honestly probably one of their weeks where they have the best shots at winning because the Dolphins have been kind of struggling a little bit. Uh, not having two of there kind of hurts them. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But of course, they got killed. It wasn't a really pretty win for the for the Dolphins, but overall, it looked yeah, it was bad. Uh, Adam Gase needs to go, and we wanted to uh, talk about something else earlier, but we decided to save it a little bit. Trevor Lawrence has announced that he will be going into the draft. Yeah, and the reason we're bringing this up with the Jets is because I really hope he doesn't go with the Jets. I think this was uh, a pretty big move for him. Uh, because obviously he's def- he has to have been paying attention to the Jets, but this is a pretty tall thing to do. Uh, it's happened before though, and, or it's been attempted really, but let's say the Jets do draft Trevor Lawrence. If I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm um, holding out. Before I even hold out, I mean, yeah, I'll probably hold out first, but if anything, not holding out, I'd probably just say, you know what, I'll play for you guys, but you need to get a new staff. Yeah. Like, because... Trevor Lawrence, um, he is a generational prospect. Um, oh, he's like, yeah, the most, yeah. yeah nobody's praised this man. Like, n- nobody's praised anybody nearly as much as NFL scouts have portray- uh, portrayed uh, Trevor Lawrence. And I think if the Jets really, really want to turn their season around and they want to go get this generational talent, then they need to provide the support for him. They need to get rid of Adam Gase. They need to get rid of their GM. They yeah, they need to get rid of their GM. Yeah, they need to get rid of everybody. Yeah, they need. I think Trevor Lawrence is not the problem in New York. The staff is the problem. Now, is Trevor Lawrence going to be dominant with the Jets if he does go? Probably. I think he'll still probably have like a amazing rookie season. Probably not as amazing as it could be with, let's say, the Jaguars. Yeah. But that's I, all I really have to say about that. Yeah. So going back to the initial thing. Uh, so yeah, all of these coaches, these awful coaches have been fired. And why not Adam Gase? That's like the biggest question so far of this season. Why does Adam Gase still have a job? Now, Jets fans, they hate him. Uh, I don't hate the guy. I just think he's a bad coach. Um, I'm about close to hating him. He's a terrible <laughs> coach. <laughs> yeah, if I was a Jets fan, I'd be pretty near to hating him. But honestly, uh, they're not going to see any success with him. And I don't know. It, they need to figure something out because, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, that's, like, the biggest thing. And I don't even know if they will draft a quarterback. They have Sam Darnold. Uh, but Sam Darnold's not amazing. Now, yeah. I'm- but that comes down to the team as well because, uh, for example, the, the team that they have, they've got some speedy wide receivers. Um, then they've got a slinging quarterback like Sam Darnold. And... If you look at the type of offense that the Jets run, it's a lot of double move, deep route concepts. And they don't have the offensive line for that. And they don't have the best route runners for it. Now, that's why I don't put a lot of the blame on Sam Darnold. And because of that traditional style of 
offense that they run. I think that's why Joe Flacco has performed better under it because he's more inclined to that traditional pro style. And that's what makes me think that if they do draft Trevor Lawrence, they might as well scheme around him. They need to throw out whatever they're trying to do now, yeah. which starts with Adam Gase. Yeah, I agree. Um, just overall, a lot of coaches have been fired for good reasons, but Adam Gase needs to get fired. He just lead. Yeah, this team's 0-11. No, I mean, they've been eliminated from the playoffs from the very beginning of the season, in my opinion. And they've, yeah, they're a mess. That's really, really like all I could say about them. As long as Gase is there and as long as this coaching staff is there, they won't see any kind of success in the near future. Before we conclude this week's episode of Jake and Benny's Backyard Football, just want to go over our Patreon really quick. So we have actually made an official Patreon. We have three different tiers. So the first tier is uh, $5. It's a shout out at the end of the episode. You can put any of your socials down there. We'll shout it out. We'll get you some followers. And our $10 per month Patreon plan is uh, you get a Madden game with either of us. It has to be Xbox or PS4. And it does have to be Madden 21. But we'll uh, hop on. We'll do a voice call with you as well. And it'll just be a really fun game. And then you also get the uh, social media shout out as well. If you're a VIP Patreon, it's $20 a month. You get everything else. But also you get to do a live call-in. So we'll call you up, get you on the show. You'll do a call-in. And it's uh, you'll get basically get your own hot take on the show. We'll discuss it with you. It'll be a really fun time. So keep in mind that we appreciate every support, whether it's just a listen. It does mean a lot to us, helps us in every way. And uh, one more thing really quick about the Patreon. All the money does not go to our pockets. It goes right back to the podcast. So by doing that, you're supporting us by helping us pay for advertising, new equipment. And we just appreciate everything you guys do for us. Yeah, we really appreciate you. And if you don't have the money, that's totally okay. Um, Your listens are more than enough to help. And that'll bring this week's episode to a close. Don't forget to follow our social medias. Our Facebook page is Jake and Benny's Backyard Football Podcast. Our Instagram is Backyard Football Podcast. Our Twitter is Jake and Benny FB. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful night.